Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me in the Betters Boxes, ATS.io's MLB betting podcast for Thursday, June 17th. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Make sure you check out the daily article over at ATS.io. Got three picks in it for today. Got some visuals in there to show you what to look for as you're looking for spin rate decreases over at BaseballSavant.com. So you can check that out over at the website. Make sure you download the ATS app, which you can find in the Google Play Store or in the Apple Store, a bet tracker, an odd screen, a stats database, a lot of helpful handicapping resources for you in that ATS app. And also make sure that over at ATS.io, you're checking out all of the other content as well. Sportsbook reviews, exclusive promo and bonus code offers, uh, updates on what's happening on a state-by-state basis, golf, NASCAR, UFC from me, WNBA, NBA, NHL from the other writers that we've got over there. Lots of good stuff for you to check out over at ATS.io. So I highly encourage you to do that. Real quickly, no MLB article for me Saturday and Sunday here of this weekend. Uh, I got a wedding happening, so you know plenty of things going on. It's not my wedding. I'm happily married. I'm not working on my second wedding, at least not as of yet. But I got some things going on here for this weekend. So no article coming up on Saturday or Sunday here over at ATS.io. But we'll be back with the betters box after the weekend and also an article coming up on Monday. So with that traditional format here for this Thursday edition of the betters box, we'll take a look beyond the box score, go down the lines, talk about line moves that we've seen since the last show, give you a pick for tonight's action, and then a preview here of the weekend ahead. And as we start here with a look beyond the box score, You know, everybody has caught on to the spin rate discussion. It's obviously been a major talking point on social media, in mainstream media, all the betting shows talking about it as well. So you're really being inundated with this kind of coverage. And a few things that I want to talk about here real quickly at the top of today's show is that first, you need to put context into everything. Put context into every player, you know, because the elites will become less elite. You know, they'll still be really, really good because they've got great stuff. They already had above average spin rates to begin with, but they're still going to be good. And that's something I think is really important to talk about here is that, you know, what happens with this crackdown on foreign substances is that simply the range of an average spin rate kind of drops off. So the elite guys that have the elite spin rates will still have elite spin rates, just relative to what the new normal is. So don't just automatically assume that these guys are all going to be really bad because their spin rates have dropped. That's not necessarily going to be the case. There will be an adjustment period to be sure because you're used to a pitch doing one thing when you throw it in a certain tunnel. Now it's going to do something a little bit different and probably not move as much. But every pitcher will start making adjustments assuming they can get some level of grip on the baseball. But again, what's basically going to happen here is that your spin rate could still be elite. It's just elite based on what is a new baseline. So keep that in mind here, that just because spin rates are dropping doesn't necessarily mean that a lot of these guys are all of a sudden going to suck. That's not necessarily going to be the case. Some guys will, and some guys will be impacted much greater than others will be. But it is one of those things that you do want to factor into the equation. So Put context into everything, into every player. Keep in mind, once again, as I've talked about a lot here on the shows, that spin rate decreases could be velocity-related. They could be injury-related. 
They could be environmental considerations. You know, you go from pitching in a higher elevation to a lower elevation. You go from pitching on a more humid day to a less humid day, something like that. So that's why I'm trying to isolate the really big spin rate decreases. The one where it looks like something is very much happening, especially if it's a spin rate decrease with every pitch across the board. You're going to have game-to-game variances, as I've talked about already. You know, if you've got a spin rate drop of 50 or 60 or 70 RPM in the fastball in one game, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. If you've got drops in the hundreds across the board, that says a whole lot more. So if you can use those player breakdown pages over at BaseballSavant.com, or just if you search the individual pitchers and go through the different uh, you know, drop-down menus and look at 2021, look at spin rate by game. And if you see some of those really big decreases here, now that the memos have been circulated for over two weeks' time, then those are things that you want to take an additional look at. Another thing that I'm trying to do here, and I've talked about this a lot, is that at least from a betting standpoint, when I'm looking at my daily article, I'm trying to isolate guys that aren't as good that are having spin rate drops. Because like I just said, if you have an elite spin rate on your fastball, as the league average decreases, your fastball spin rate will remain elite. But if you're a guy who started using substances to go from average to above average or below average to average, something like that, those are the guys that I'm really trying to focus in on quite a bit more. The Tyler Andersons of the world, for example. So that's where I'm trying to find my value, trying to find my equity. And of course, look, you know, if you want to fade a guy like a Trevor Bauer or a Garrett Cole or something like that by betting the over in a game, that's fine. I think that's a reasonable way to go about it. But don't just assume that these big favorites are all of a sudden going to lose in these big favorite roles just because of this crackdown on foreign substances. Guys that still have elite spin rates will still have elite spin rates. Guys that have been using a substance to get an above average spin rate or to get to average, those are the guys that I think we worry about the most. And that's also because, look, as this plays out over the summertime, at least if Major League Baseball does show some sack and it's not just all talk with you know these memos that have been sent out and all of that, just about everybody should see a decrease in spin rate. You know, Because a lot of guys, even if they're not using spider tack or something like that, are still using that rosin and sunscreen combination. You know, they're just trying to get grip on the baseball. They're not necessarily looking for a competitive average or advantage. They just don't want to hit anybody in the head. So if MLB is legitimately cracking down on every foreign substance, then just about everybody's spin rate across the board is going to drop because a lot of guys are at least using something, pine tar, rosin, the rosin and sunscreen combo. The rosin bag seems to be fine. You know, Trevor Bauer did a little video on social media using sweat and rosin and showed the ball basically sticking to his palm. So Guys will try to find different things that they can do. They'll maybe go to their mouths, get some more saliva a little bit more often, something like that. Guys will try to figure out ways to kind of counterbalance this. The other thing is, and as I've mentioned already here, and as I'll talk about with a few spin rate decreases over the last few days, guys will try to throw harder because there is that very significant relationship between velocity and spin. If you're losing spin, you can throw harder, and you're going to get more spin as a result. 
Garrett Cole has done this now in each of his last two starts. So there is also that velocity may go up while spin goes down. And furthermore, if you're looking at individual pitchers here, if they have increased velocities but decreased spin rates, then that is an indication that they were previously using something that they probably shouldn't have been using. Now, it's not going to be true across the board, but most guys are going to wind up falling into that group. So just to recap here, before I look at some individual pitchers, put context into everything. If guys are really good and have high spin rates, those guys will still probably be really good and have much higher spin rates than the league average. Look for guys that aren't great pitchers that have had these spin rate increases to try and be average, to try and be somewhat above average. Those are the guys I think will be most impacted. Then we're also going to see decreases in spin rate across the board. So keep that in mind that if you look at a box score, you look at you know an advanced box score, it's that cast or something like that, and there's a spin rate drop, don't panic over it. Everybody's spin rate will go down. The ones you want to be looking for are the much more significant ones, the ones in the hundreds, and generally speaking, a decrease across all pitches. Fastballs are under the microscope right now, but a decrease on all pitches will give you a lot more context into that individual player. And lastly, as I've talked about a lot, and as I will talk about here in the next segment, look for multiple relievers out of a bullpen having a spin rate decrease. Because if you see multiple relievers with a decrease, odds are that those are teams where a lot of guys are using something. Guys in the bullpen talk to each other all the time. They know what works and what doesn't. If you've got a bullpen with drops across the board, Atlanta, Boston, Pittsburgh, those are three that I've seen here really so far, then those are ones that you probably want to take a closer look at. Maybe some more full game overs, live betting opportunities, stuff like that. So if we look at average spin rate across Major League Baseball here, from April 1st through June 2nd, 23.19 RPMs. June 3rd to June 16th, 22.79 RPM. So a 40 RPM drop league-wide in fastball spin rate since that first memo went out on June 3rd. And now that baseball has circulated the second memo, we're seeing even bigger spin rates or spin rate decreases, excuse me, on average here. But with that being said, since June 3rd, looking at the Killer Sports database, overs 95, 86, and 6. Since June 10th, 50, 43, or 50, 44, and 3. 10 and 5 yesterday, sure, a lot of offense yesterday, but 24 and 24 over the last three days. So just be careful assuming that every game is going to go over now. Now you still want to take a look at the pitching matchups, at the weather, at the offenses, the offensive splits, all those different types of things. Keep doing your handicapping due diligence, but just keep in mind that there will be some guys that are a lot more affected with this spin rate memo than others. And of course, as we see somebody actually get suspended for this, I believe that begins on June 21st or June 23rd, uh, June 21st, I think, uh, that's when you know we'll really see something kind of stand out, I think. Some spin rate decreases to talk about here. And on Monday, we saw some for both JT Brubaker and Sam Howard of the Pittsburgh Pirates. As I said, a lot of guys in that Pittsburgh bullpen seeing spin rate drops. 
Brubaker also saw velocity drops in this game. So maybe it was the lower velo that actually hurt the spin rate. But watch JT Brubaker here as we go throughout the week. Somebody else, or throughout the months here, somebody else to keep an eye on, Brad Hand for the Washington Nationals. Brad Hand seems hurt to me. Velocities are down. Spin rates are way down. I know there was some talk on social media last year of Brad Hand using some foreign substances, and that's kind of how he got back on track, specifically in the control department. Maybe he's just hurt. Maybe it's something else. But Brad Hand is not looking the part right now for the Nationals. So keep that in mind. If you're betting full games with the Nats, who I'm not super keen on their bullpen anyway, but the the under-the-hood stuff for Brad Hand looks pretty bad right now. Also, the Indians here. Nick Sandlin, once again, the sidearming right-hander, big spin rate decreases for him in his last start, or his last relief appearance, excuse me. And then James Karinczak, pretty good on Monday, but then working on Tuesday and Wednesday, Karinczak saw spin rate decreases once again. So he's a guy who kind of got caught on camera by the White Sox broadcast. Seems like maybe on Monday, he kind of went back to doing something. On Tuesday and Wednesday, he didn't. Maybe it was just fatigue. Maybe he's not bouncing back well. Something like that. But Nick Sandlin is definitely one for the Indians. Karen Chak, another one there. So Jake Arietta on Monday. We saw some spin rate drops for him, even though his velocity was increased. And I'm watching this one very closely because I don't like Jake Arietta. I don't think he's a good pitcher. I'm not looking to back him at all. If he's going to have some pretty notable spin rate decreases, he will be a glorified batting practice pitcher. So we saw some on Monday. I'll be watching his next start over the weekend here very closely. But if Jake Arietta is going to have a spin rate decrease, then his poor quality stuff will get even worse. So I'm watching this one closely because I think we may be able to have a run on fading Jake Arietta here in the not-too-distant future. Dylan Maples of the Cubs, a guy with a massive, huge spin rate decrease. Some other guys in the Cubs pen have kind of been worth watching as well here. Uh, Chatwood did stabilize in his last appearance, but also had a big velocity increase. So Maples is a guy, but I'd watch this Cubs bullpen pretty closely here as well. Another bullpen to watch is the Rays. You know, the Rays just overall, Glass now saying he can't use anything anymore. Rich Hill came out and bitched at the MLBPA about not sticking up for the players a little bit more. So the Rays are a team where there may be some shenanigans going on there, and that wouldn't be particularly surprising. I mean, they're a very smart, very forward-thinking organization. If they were able to find some kind of competitive advantage to offset you know, their payroll deficiencies or something like that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. So Rich Hill, a guy to watch. I wrote about that in today's article. Obviously, Glass now, now hurt. And then Fireisen, JP Fireisen, a lot of drops lately for him in that bullpen velocity drop as well. He could very well be hurt, but that's one that I would definitely keep a pretty close eye on here. What about Dylan Bundy? You know, Dylan Bundy velocity way down on Monday, spin rates way, way down. I don't think this is a matter of Dylan Bundy using anything. I just don't think Dylan Bundy is healthy. I, I see no indications in the profile between the bad command, the depressed velocity, the spin rate decreases, I think Dylan Bundy is hurt. So I will fade Dylan Bundy this weekend because I I like to fade injured pitchers because they're just generally not going to be all that effective. But Bundy is a guy that I will very much be looking to fade here up until he gets put on the IL. 
I don't think that things are improving for him anytime soon. One guy that things are improving for is Marco Gonzalez with the Mariners. Increase in spin rate and velocity. He's a guy that was hurt. It's good to see him getting healthier here for this season. So maybe the chance to back Marco Gonzalez in the not-too-distant future. Also on Monday, Kenley Jansen with some drops for the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's a guy to keep a close eye on here as we go forward. Tuesday, as I mentioned already at the top, Tyler Anderson, big spin rate drops for him, decreased velocity. He's been impacted a lot by this. This is three or four starts in a row now where his spin rate has been down. I know it's hard to fade the Pirates because they're always such a big underdog, uh, but fading Tyler Anderson is something that makes sense. Faded him with the first five total against Patrick Corbin on Tuesday. Corbin actually pitched really well, 14 swings and misses out of 51 swings, but Anderson got us over that first five total, and I would expect he does that quite a bit more here as we go forward. As I mentioned, the Red Sox bullpen is a concern to me. On Tuesday, Adam Adovino with some massive spin rate decreases. Matt Barnes as well. I've talked about Brandon Workman multiple times already. Uh, The Red Sox bullpen looks to be pretty impacted by this foreign substance crackdown. Probably not the biggest of surprises given that Houston was using them and Alex Cora came over and is now with the Red Sox. So that's not really a big surprise to me, but the Red Sox pitching has been very bad here of late. The bullpen not really helping matters. Uh, So that's one that I pay close attention to right now. And also the Atlanta Braves. A lot of spin rate drops for their bullpen. Guys like Josh Tomlin and Chris Martin, Sean Newcomb, Edgar Santana, all guys with some spin rate drops here lately in that Atlanta bullpen. So Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Boston, three bullpens I'm looking closely at. The Reds, another one, Lucas Sims with some drops, Amir Garrett and Heath Hembry, both with some drops as well. So maybe the Reds bullpen, one that you want to keep a close eye on here also. Uh, but going back to starters here, uh, Casey Mize. You know, the spin rates were still down. Velocity was okay. He actually got asked to change his glove on Tuesday because there was a spot that wasn't as gray as the rest of the glove. Uh, home plate umpire John Tampain saying something about that. We'll see what happens here. I, I don't know if maybe Casey Mize is kind of pitching through something, was still effective in that start, but... You know, the spin rates have been hurt a little bit here of late. You Darvish, big drops for him on Tuesday. You wonder if that's pitching in Colorado or if it's something else. Also, Chichi Gonzalez of the Rockies with some big spin rate drops. Maybe that has something to do with how hot the weather has been in Denver. Uh, you know, more difficult to grip the baseball. I don't know, but both Darvish and Gonzalez, two guys with spin rate increases in recent years, having decreases there on Tuesday. And then lastly here, Jesus Lazardo for the Oakland A's. Velocity went up, spin rate down. And this is about the third or fourth straight appearance where I've really noticed this for Lazardo, where his spin rate has been down. So keeping a close eye on that one, uh, not necessarily a full Oakland bullpen issue as of yet, uh, but Lazardo definitely one that I'm keeping an eye on. So Monday of the starters here that you want to pay attention to, Uh, JT Brubaker for the Pirates, Jake Arrieta for the Cubs, Dylan Bundy for the Angels, Tyler Anderson also for the Pirates, and then taking a look here at Darvish and Chichi Gonzalez of the Padres and the Rockies, respectively there. Wednesday, we saw some velocity and spin rate decreases for Ryan Yarborough. Now, again, the Rays seem to me like a team where a few different guys are going to be under the microscope here. 
So maybe Yarborough stopped using something. Maybe he didn't. Maybe it was just the long innings facing Chicago. But the Rays are guys that maybe kind of across the board you sort of look at now kind of with some side eye. Uh, Fire Eisen with another massive decrease on Wednesday. I think he's probably going to hit the injured list here sometime soon. But Yarborough was one that stood out to me a little bit. Uh, big decrease in the cutter. I think it's the second straight start for Yarborough with the cutter where it's seen some decreases. And that's really his bread and butter pitch. So the Rays may be a team kind of negatively impacted by this. We'll have to kind of wait and see. Another starter here for Wednesday, Tyler Mayo. Big spin rate drops yet again. Got into some early trouble, worked out of it, but some big spin rate drops for the Reds right-hander there on Wednesday. Uh, better spin and velocity for Kyle Freeland of the Colorado Rockies. That was good to see. Really worried about the injury indicators for him coming out of his previous start. But the velocity and the spin looked better on Wednesday. So um, maybe a false alarm there with him. I guess we'll kind of wait and see. But another guy here for the Angels, Griffin Canning. Second straight start, decreased velocity, decreased spin rate. Bundy is already pitching hurt. Canning, a guy that's had his fair share of injury issues as well. Uh, This Angels pitching staff is very concerning at this point in time. So if you're playing the Angels, I think you're looking for overs, stuff like that. I don't really love laying sides with the Angels right now, except for maybe Otani or Cobb. You know, Canning and, uh, and Bundy are really concerning. Maybe Andrew Heaney is okay. But Bundy and Canning, two guys for the Angels that uh, I would not want to back here anytime soon. I mentioned Brad Hand already. Spin rate decrease for him yet again. Same thing for Karinchak, Workman, Ottavino. A lot of these same relievers popping up here on this list for Wednesday. Garrett Cole, another big spin rate drop for him against Toronto. But his velocity up yet again, trying to get back that lost spin by throwing a little bit harder. That's the thing about a guy like Garrett Cole. Even though the spin will go down, still well above average and still with that premier velocity, still a guy that can have success. Maybe not to the, you know, ridiculous degree that we've seen, but still a guy that can have some success. And then lastly here on Wednesday, and a big concern for the Red Sox in this one, Garrett Richards. Big spin rate decrease, big velocity decrease on both his fastball and his slider a guy with a long, extensive injury history. That's one that I would keep a very close eye on as well. So kind of looking to build a portfolio and a profile here of some of these pitchers with the spin rate decreases that we do try to want to look to fade here as we move forward. And again, as Major League Baseball actually cracks down on this stuff, maybe we'll pick up some more guys to put on this list. But I think right now we're working with a lot of guys that we can kind of look to exploit here over their next two or three starts until we see how things kind of stabilize around Major League Baseball. All right, so look down the lines here, talking about some line moves dating back to Tuesday. We saw that Tyler Anderson fade, money on Patrick Corbin and the Nationals. Total also moved from eight up to eight and a half. Got the first five win. I think the full game landed on eight, maybe. uh, Eight or nine, something like that. But either way, Tyler Anderson, everybody knows about it now. So a lot of people fading him. If you want to fade Tyler Anderson, get in on it early. Get the best price that you possibly can. On Tuesday, we also saw another fade, yet again, of Taiwan Walker, who pitched very, very well, yet again, against the Cubs. And, you know, Taiwan Walker, a guy with that big Woba and ex-Woba difference, and really hasn't come to fruition. Money's been bet against him a lot here this season, and he just continues to win and pitch well. So, That's a fade train that I jumped off of a while ago 
uh, but other people still on it, still being the conductors of that Taiwan Walker fade train. Uh, and it was a loser again on Tuesday. Cardinals money was a winner on Tuesday. That was Trevor Rogers and Quang Hyung Kim uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. All three games, well under the total there at Bush Stadium. Yeah, when you get bad offenses at Bush Stadium, those games are probably going to go under the total. That was the case here with the Marlins and the Cardinals. We picked off one of them, but I think we probably could have done a little bit better there. Saw some very heavy Jay Hat money on Tuesday against the Twins. That was the Seattle Mariners. Uh, the Twins, you know, still, despite never really getting to the point of positive regression, still look to be a better team in the alternate standings metrics than they actually are. Seattle, a team that's just very, very bad. Horrific offense at home, as we know. Saw some Minnesota money come in in that Tuesday game. Did not work out, though, for the backers of Jay Happ and Minnesota. Wednesday, saw an under move from eight to, down to seven with Sandy Alcantara and, Ho- and Johan Oviedo. That was a game that ended one nothing. Cardinals with a walk-off win there. So, as I said, none of those games at Bush Stadium on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday coming anywhere close to going over the total. Saw some under money Wednesday in Milwaukee. That was Tyler Mayle and Freddie Peralta. Uh, Mayle, a spin rate guy, a guy to be concerned about, but the Brewers just absolutely not hitting at home, not hitting righties, not really hitting in general. So the under money, a winner there. And these totals moves have been very, very sharp and correct more often than not so far this season here. So pay close attention to the totals market because right now, I'm not seeing a whole lot of side movement. I think there's a lot of questions with spin rates and all of that. We're seeing a lot of totals movement, not a ton of side moves here this week and with some of the recent MLB announcements. So watch for those totals moves. They have been pretty good. Like the Zach Wheeler, Clayton Kershaw under on Wednesday. That one never came close. We had the first five under three and a half. That was never close either. So a lot of under money in that Wheeler-Kershaw game wound up being good. One side move that we did have on Wednesday was the Twins against the Mariners. That was Bailey Ober and Justice Sheffield. Sheffield didn't pitch very well. Ober did. Mariners offense didn't do anything. We had under eight and a half. It comes in at seven to two. That game was over by what, the sixth inning, I think. So not like it was a bad beat, but, you know, uh, I guess on the right side there with Ober, just not on the right side with Sheffield. Thursday, seeing some line movement here. A total's moved down from seven and a half to seven in the Cubs and Mets game. That's Marcus Stroman and Kyle Hendricks. I took a piece of the over for tonight. I actually like the over seven in that one. I disagree with the move. Hendricks with no command this year. Stroman with some regression signs in the profile. So took a piece of the over seven in that Cubs and Mets game. Seeing Braves money against John Gant. That's with Charlie Morton on the hill. Not a surprise, John Gant remains, despite giving up 12 runs in his last two starts, one of the biggest regression candidates in baseball. So that's not a surprise to see Braves money there. And in fact, I took a piece of the Braves run line uh, for tonight's action. Reds Padres total getting bet up from seven to seven and a half. Also, Joe Musgrove money on the Padres in that one. Interesting line move with the total. Uh, I could see where people prefer Musgrove to Miley. Even though Miley and Musgrove with almost similar stat lines for this season, the key difference, Musgrove with a lot more strikeouts. But interesting to see that total going up from seven to seven and a half where the Reds have those big home road splits and the Padres just aren't hitting anything at all right now. Pretty telling line move there. I talk all the time about looking for context in the lines and in the line movements. 
that's a pretty strong position to take with a total going up from seven to seven and a half there in that one. Also seeing some mild Rays interest against the Mariners. That's Rich Hill on the mound for the Rays. Justin Dunn for the Mariners. No play in that game for me. And I did write about Rich Hill and his spin rate decreases over his last couple of starts in that daily article over at ATS.io. So what am I looking at here for the weekend? Well, let's go ahead and start with that Reds and Padres series with Wade Miley and Joe Musgrove tonight. Tony Santian and Chris Paddock on Friday. Vladimir Gutierrez and Denilson Lamette on Saturday. And then Luis Castillo and Hugh Darvish coming up here on Sunday. Big questions here about whether or not the Padres are ever going to hit. The underlying stats say they should be a hell of a lot better. Their contact metrics look good. They just don't have the results. So I understand betting on them as a positive regression candidate on offense, but I just don't know if they're ever going to hit. Reds road fade in action here in game one. Do we see it throughout the weekend? I think it's a pretty fair question to ask. The Padres, with their recent struggles now, they are plus four in Pythagorean win-loss. They got 38 wins. They should have 42, according to Pythagorean win-loss. I guess it makes a minus four, actually. Uh, so you know, I, I sort of wonder here, will we see some Padres money as a result? You know, their base runs record, pretty accurate right now as to where they should be. But Pythagorean win-loss says they should be four games better. That can induce some line moves, as we've already seen with teams like the Mariners getting faded, teams like the Twins getting bought, stuff like that. And it's kind of an interesting portfolio or interesting profile here for the Padres right now where they're not hitting. They should be. They should be better. They've got a good pitching staff. Does it actually come to fruition for them? I don't necessarily know. Reds are playing very well right now, too. In that wide open National League Central, Luis Castillo on Sunday, he's starting to throw the ball better. Going to be interesting to see what the line movement looks like in this Reds and Padres series. A four-gamer here at Coors between the Brewers and the Rockies. Brandon Woodruff, Herman Marquez tonight. Corbin Burns, Antonio Senzatella tomorrow. Adrian Hauser, Austin Gomber on Saturday. And then Eric Lauer and Chichi Gonzalez on Sunday. Lots of spin rate questions in this series. I talked about and put some visual aids up about Brandon Woodruff and his spin rates. We saw Corbin Burns with a massive spin rate drop in his last start. Now he goes to Colorado where spin rates typically drop anyway. So is that a good place to play the Rockies in a big underdog number? It could be. Hauser's a ground ball guy. Gomber's a ground ball guy. Uh, Chichi Gonzalez with some spin rate concerns. So we got spin rate guys. We got ground ball guys. We got hot weather in Denver. We got the Rockies home road splits. We got all kinds of stuff going on here in this series. I might take the underdog shot with Sensatella on Friday. I don't know what that price will be, but that may be something I look to take uh, you know a piece of here. Uh, maybe Rockies plus one and a half, something like that, going up in, against Corbin Burns. But you know, we'll see what that price looks like. When we get to that game tomorrow, the A's and the Yankees here, James Caprellian and Jamison Tyon on Friday, Chris Bassett, Domingo Herman on Saturday, Sean Manaya, Jordan Montgomery on Sunday. Caprellian's a guy that actually got his start in the Yankees organization, was just hurt a lot, finally wound up getting a change of scenery and now pitching relatively well for Oakland. However, he's an extreme fly ball guy, extreme fly ball guy. 
so far with what we've seen with his MLB returns. It's helped in Oakland. It's helped in Seattle. What will it do at at Yankee Stadium with the weather warming up in the Bronx? I don't know. Maybe you take a piece of Tyon. The market's been taking pieces of Tyon, who has really not pitched all that well of late. So an interesting game on Friday in this series. Do we see some Chris Bassett money on Saturday? I think we could against Domingo Herman. Two quality lefties on Sunday there in Manaya and Montgomery. But the A's have a really good road offense. And the Yankees offense should be a lot better than it is. So I'll be curious to see what happens with the line movements here in this A's and Yankees game, both on the sides as well as on the totals. Lastly, here for the weekend preview, the Cardinals and the Braves. Carlos Martinez, Max Freed on Friday, Adam Wainwright and Drew Smiley on Saturday, Quang Hyung Kim and To Be Determined on Sunday here. It is very hard to bet on Drew Smiley. It is extremely difficult to bet on Drew Smiley. But Adam Wainwright has those enormous home road splits between Bush Stadium and road parks. The the Atlanta offense has been very inconsistent this season, but it's really warming up in Atlanta right now. I think that sharp money will come in on Smiley on Saturday. I'll be curious to see what that line looks like. The Wainwright home road splits are not a secret to anybody. It's hard to bet overs with this Cardinals team because, you know, they just don't really hit for a lot of offense. I also forgot tonight you got the John Gant and Charlie Morton game. So actually a four-game series here between the Cardinals and the Braves. But primarily the reason I wanted to talk about this is Sunday could be a long one for Atlanta. Tucker Davidson was supposed to get the start. He probably won't. We'll see who makes that start for them. But they play a doubleheader against the Mets on Monday. So they go from Sunday night baseball against the Cardinals with probably a Johnny Holstaff kind of game to a doubleheader against the Mets on the road on Monday. So very difficult spot for Atlanta here on Sunday night. Difficult on Monday as well. They're supposed to get Jacob DeGrom in the first game, but you know DeGrom may go on the IL here. We'll kind of have to wait and see. But tough spot for the Braves on Sunday night. So may take a piece of the Cardinals here on Sunday depending on that line and that pitching matchup with Atlanta, kind of looking ahead a little bit maybe to that doubleheader series against the Mets. Talked about a lot of things on today's show. I guess I should have mentioned this already, but you can get the notes from the editions of the Betters Box by emailing me, skatingtripods at gmail.com. That'll get you on the list for the show notes. You only have to email me once. Once I put you on the list, you are on the list. If you want off the list, just reply to the email when I send it. No hard feelings with that. But skatingtripods at gmail.com to get on the list for the Betters Box show notes. I'll be back once again on Monday here with a lot to talk about as we look at the first day of summer and the big crackdown on spin rates, actual enforcement potentially. We'll talk about that on Monday on the Betters Box. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a happy, healthy, smart, safe weekend. I will talk to you again on Monday. And remember that you will never strike out when you're in the betters box.